Talking Back. I'm your host, Dr. Paula Sperry. For the next half hour, I invite you to join me as we explore health issues in the news and learn from those involved in keeping our community healthy. Our goal is not to diagnose or to suggest treatment, but to celebrate your body's innate potential to heal itself. My name is Dr. Paula Sperry, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Nicole Cormier, who is a registered dietitian. And Nicole, can you please tell me what LDN stands for after your name? Yes, I'm a licensed dietitian in the state of Massachusetts as well. Well, your career so far has spanned all of Cape Cod. Didn't you start off up Cape and you've wiggled your way all the way down and now you're in Truro? I started living on an organic farm, band farm, a long time ago, actually, 20 years ago, and I've, I've made my way down to North Truro. I went to UMass Amherst, get my um, bachelor's in human nutrition, and then went on to do my own dietetic internship at Beth Israel Deaconess. I took my own boards exam to become a dietitian, and then took off across the country to interview different farms. Became very focused and rooted into our local food system. That's where I was when I planned this trip, Uh and then interviewed different farms. And that's where I really learned the most about where our food comes from. And when I got back, we moved back to Band Farm, which is the organic farm. Band Farm, and that's in Band Farm, yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, isn't that interesting? How many organic farms are there locally? I know that there are over 70 local farms on the Cape. Oh my. Whether they are certified organic or not, there's different farms that are choosing to be certified and ones that are practicing organic growing methods. Right. And I really like getting to know the farmer personally so that I can interview them and connect with them on their own growing practices so then I get to choose, you know, who I feel comfortable buying my produce from. Right, and that's so important. I mean, whether you're out there shopping at the local supermarket or farmer's market or wherever, Mm -hmm. you really do need to know where your stuff is coming from. It's not something that we were taught. It is something that we have to take the time. I studied for four years at a university nutrition and they didn't teach me about really where the food comes from, how it was grown. I had to take that initiative on my own. It is a tool that we can use to work on our own relationship with our health and our food because there's a lot that comes up when we start talking about nutrition. Oh my goodness, yeah, so many diseases. In my own practice as a doctor of chiropractic, we of course get quite a bit of training in nutrition because we go to school as long as an MD. But we don't study pharmacology, and that takes up so much time. We have time to take nutrition seriously as something to uh, look at as far as people's health and wellness. People oftentimes get to a certain point with chiropractic or any other healing art, like acupuncture or massage or whatever else they're into. And then there becomes a certain point where like, they get stuck. And so very often, isn't it a nutrition problem that they're having? Is it eating too many nightshades and that's why they have arthritis? There's a lot to investigate 
for sure, like getting at all of those root causes that could be leading to someone's symptoms Mm -hmm. and how we can help our clients explore that versus continuing to keep them in a cycle of putting, you know, band-aids on things and then not really getting to those root causes. That's where my passion lies is I really love investigating and supporting someone's process for learning how to start listening to what their body's communicating to them in all of the different ways, like through the labs and through different topics that come up with their doctors, but then taking it a step further and going inward and learning to listen and connect to those symptoms and all of the different ways that their body's communicating to them after a meal, through their Mm -hmm. bowel movements, through aches and pains, through GERD, through, yeah, yeah, all the different, there's so much communication, but we have been programmed for the most part to ignore and disconnect from our body. So how do we shift how we take care of ourselves? We have to get to those nuggets in order to shift the actual behaviors. Yeah, and people don't know what doctors don't know, and doctors don't know what they don't know half the time. I have had several physicians actually as my own clients over the years as well and and have had similar conversations. There's so much out there in regards to nutrition and our health and it's been a real pleasure even working with doctors on that level for their own nutrition practice. I do the same for myself. Every day I'm working on my own nutrition practice because that's what... Yes. We're, it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's an ongoing thing. It never ends. Again, we're like learning how to do something we weren't taught how to do. I had a doctor tell me one time that a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. It doesn't matter what you eat. You're fat because you are eating too many calories. And I'm like, no, I'm fat because I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis and my whole immune system is thrown off. And he didn't know what I was talking about. So do you handle like diseases, disease states that... The doctor hits the mud in the road and like for example you have type 2 diabetes you need to work on your diet and then you go okay doc what do i do well um we could put you on this drug no what do i do with my diet they seem to hit a roadblock with that often my my patients tell me absolutely and there are so many different ways to approach those different disease states and again to like grab the shovel and go a little bit deeper is going to really help that individual make the connections of you know what are their stress levels like how can they add more stress management Mm -hmm. into their life learn how to connect with their vagus nerve their digestion like really put it into the body's functions so that people don't separate themselves too much with their disease state, I find, because if we're tapping into just taking better care of ourselves and exploring that, then we're going to create more balance. A lab value or not, there's more valuable information with focusing on how to take better care of yourself and like promote the balance. So like Hashimoto's, we have to bring the body back into balance. Absolutely. Um, And I I do find that my clients get really thrown off a lot, especially with diabetes, because it is like they're checking their blood sugar. It can become emotional very quickly. If we are in a high-stressed status, 
practicing breathing techniques Mm -hmm. and ways for the clients to connect with their parasympathetic state. Yeah, which is the vagus nerve, which is what you said before. Yeah, supporting the digestion. Yeah, I was going to have you define that, but you just did a beautiful job. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) If you're just tuning in, this is Talking Back. Today I'm speaking with Nicole Cormier, who's a licensed dietary nutritionist and a registered dietitian. She's here on Cape Cod. We are recording this on location in Provincetown today. She just lives up the road in Truro, so we're having a nice cup of whatever we're drinking here and chit-chatting about nutrition because that is her thing. Nicole has been a dietary consultant for, geez, how many years? Almost 20 years now. And she's pretty much gone up and down Cape Cod. By the way, you're listening to WOMR Radio at 92.1 FM, Provincetown, or 91.3 FM Orleans, and we are streaming at WOMR.org. And you can also listen to podcasts of this show and other shows by going on our website at WOMR.org, going to the podcast section, and clicking on Talking Back. Thank you for joining us today. It's interesting that you are not only a nutritionist, Nicole, you have to admit, you are also an artist. You also pair like a wine with a beautiful dinner. You pair with art installations and events, don't you? I do. That is definitely an area of my life that I started working with my own therapist over 10 years ago now, and she was an artist. She really helped me make connections. That is a huge way of how I nourish myself, getting into those creative spaces, working with local ingredients, and then intuitively cooking to see what happens and putting it together with my lens from a dietetic standpoint of, you know, how can we balance this meal? How can we make it nutrient dense? How can we make it colorful? How can we put out a spread with tons of phytochemicals and um, vitamins and minerals and get people excited about it and appealed to the presentation of it. Which in turn has really nourished myself and giving myself permission to do that as part of my practice has definitely been my own process over the years. I did an art installation in the community that can be found on my YouTube and through my website. That's deliciouslivingnutrition.com. My first art installation was called Nourish. And the definition of Nourish is to provide with the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. This art installation was pretty intuitive where it started off with being asked to do a intentional New Year's Eve dinner in the community at the Crown and Anchor. I chose to bring 23 local farms and makers together for 2023. It was a really, really beautiful process because although there's over 70 farms on the Cape, not all of them are growing year-round. Some of them have storage crops. You really have to reach out to them and build some connections in order to pull everything together. Sure. But that was the fun part for me. And then when I did meet up with each of these individuals to gather the local ingredients that they curate on the Cape, I took their portraits 
of the interaction with the person. And that was part of the installation is a lot of times when I usually take pictures of farmers, they will be on the farm and they'll be holding, you know, their vegetables, their produce. But I just wanted to capture the person here to really highlight the opportunity here that you can take with bringing more to your plate than just the ingredients. You can really bring a whole story. You can bring connection to your plate by knowing these individuals. Nicole, one thing that really makes me sad, and you just reminded me by taking photographs of these people who are producing our food and, and with, with soul and spirit, yep. like seeing the disappearance of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and that nice old black man who is on the box of cream of wheat. I mean, when I was a little kid, and just look at the box, the beautiful smiles and you know, you could almost hear them talking to you like, this food is delicious and you're going to love it and we love you, you know, and to have that taken out of my culture, even as an adult, and I'm not looking at those boxes anymore, I don't <laughs> eat that stuff, but you know, what a sad, sad state of affairs that we have to take those images away, but you're talking about putting that same idea of the image of the farmer or the food producer in with your food. That's awesome. It is a beautiful thing, and when you go to the farmer's market, but what if we can't always get to the farmer's market? And that's a process in itself to, you know, invite local ingredients into your own nutrition practice. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing. It can be whatever you want to start exposing yourself to in little bits and then see, you know, where your own practice takes you. But this was my planting seeds to put on this art installation that it's really to encourage one to explore oneself as a part of a process of learning self-care. So you have these portraits of the people that brought the ingredients to the plate. You also have a typewriter journaling series that I put together that I start. This is a really beautiful story, actually. <laughs> oh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> so there, we have yard sales a couple times a year down here in Provincetown, and I stumbled upon my first typewriter that was at one of these yard sales, and I was I couldn't have been more excited. I didn't know what was going to happen after after purchasing this, but I did get it, and I was able to go out to one of the dune shacks this past summer, and so I spent the week, and that's where I really started typewriter journaling, and journaling is beneficial in many ways, again, like right. to connect to different feelings, different parts of our practices. But the typewriter was particularly unique. I found it to slow me down in a way that I haven't really put myself in that position to do so. Wow. And then okay. even the sounds that come from the typewriter is such a special <laughs> A special rhythm. Yeah. Um, It's not like the tap tap on your cell phone or laptop with multiple windows popping up in front of you or messages. So that uniqueness of bringing yourself to the present with the sound and with just being in front of the typewriter was so unique. And this art installation actually started with a photo that Jane Paradise took 
in our community of that same dune check that I started typewriter journaling in. Jane Paradise lives right there. Oh my god! That's her house. <laughs> Hi Jane! Good morning! <laughs> I just met her and we've connected in so many ways and it's yeah. this our connection is a part of this installation for me. I connected with someone in the community mm-hmm. spontaneously and made all these connections of a dune shack and photography and, and the commons and the typewriter <laughs> and so that's how the show that's how the installation starts and then it brings you through how that dinner was curated and the connections to the farms but also the mindful moments of in reflections that I've had through the typewriters you know one day I did a free writing exercise with one of my clients and we actually sat down and we both did it together oh neat so I have that hanging up as just an example of a five minute free writing exercise that could be done and different ways that I've learned to explore even my own body image work has been with the photographer Joe Navis. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Um, so I joined his I Am series and we've been just getting together using photography and my different spaces to explore what messages comes up for me in different situations where you're like looking at your own body parts and saying like, hmm, <laughs> how do I feel about this? Wow, that's that's really brave. <laughs> it's extreme. <laughs> I agree. And lots of mirror work. Um, I'm a big fan. You know, she's definitely blown up over the past year or two. But Mel Robbins has done a lot of work with like high fives and doing like giving yourself a high five in the mirror. And so I put that into the installation of just like looking in a mirror and giving yourself a high five. What does that feel like? Right, right. Well, you come to a lot of places from a nutritional basis. That's yes. that's so in- interesting. And you used a word earlier, intuitive. When you're cooking things, how does that intuition play a part in what you make? Do you like pre-plan your meals or others meals or do you just put all the ingredients on the table and go I know tapping into that wisdom yes I would love to be like I know (laughs) the process of me getting there is strategic so I'm able to intuitively cook because I created a system where yes I pull out the different ingredients but it's still a system and somewhat of a guide that will help me balance my blood sugars, my energy levels, my hunger in a meal with just focusing on a formula of some sort. So we have, for example, a protein, a grain or root vegetable and vegetables. So with my clients, I have these charts that have columns for each of those. They can hang it up in their kitchen and then just say, okay, I'm choosing one thing from each column. Mm-hmm. And then learning to assemble a meal together based off of those three things. You're then making the simplified connection of protein and fiber, keeping most of the diet words out of the equation because they can be very distracting. <laughs> to us (laughs) and so if we have our protein and fiber because we chose a protein a 
grain or root vegetable and vegetables that work for us depending on our individual nutritional needs. Right. So if we have a certain disease state, then yes, maybe we're not going to do gluten or dairy, et cetera. Yeah, so you solve for that part of the equation, yeah. Yep. So I'm with Nicole Cormier today, and Nicole is a registered dietitian who learned some stuff in school and then went out on a real-world tour of how to really deal with our nutrition (laughs) in life. And uh, it's so wonderful to be talking to you today on Talking Back, Nicole. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I wanted to talk about what is going on in our guts. I mean, the chemicals that we're eating, that are being sprayed on our food, sensitivities that people have got. Back in the 40s and 50s, nobody was gluten intolerant. Nobody had Hashimoto's thyroid. Nobody, hardly anybody, oh, it was a big deal if you were a diabetic. Now it's like every other person. What the heck's going on? I know, there's a lot going on with our biomes. Our gut gets really out of balance for many different reasons. Sometimes we come in to this world with a weaker gut microbiome, and I am, I'm actually one of those individuals that had digestive issues for the majority of my life and then never really got the tools that I needed in order to explore what was going on in my biome until my, you know, I was in my 20s and I was already a registered dietitian. (laughs) And so that's why I'm so passionate about exploring other people's guts and gut microbiomes to figure out what exactly is going on because it is connected to a lot of the things that you are just describing. Um, It can be connected to our different disease states. It can be connected to the food sensitivities that we're experiencing. And we can explore that now because there are so many different options. I like to think of our digestive system as our inner garden. We want it to be resilient again and for many reasons it's having a really hard time digesting our food absorbing the vitamins and minerals and getting those vitamins and minerals out to the rest of the body to decrease inflammation which is what we're really trying to do right but if the vitamins and minerals can't get absorbed efficiently then there's going to be more imbalances. So yeah, if we, or if the wrong stuff gets absorbed, like with uh, leaky gut syndrome and stuff coming out that should be kept in until it's processed a little exact, more. Yeah, and that's that's actually what happened. That was part of my own journey as well. I had severe leaky gut, and that ended up leading to hormonal imbalances. And I actually was diagnosed when I was 35 with being postmenopausal. Whoa. (laughs) That was a really hard drive back from Boston. Definitely life-changing for me because then I learned that, you know, we have hormonal receptors throughout our entire digestive system. I'm really into exploring our gut microbiome through different testings. And one of the testing that I use is the GI MAP test. It's a comprehensive stool test that uses DNA testing to go through all of the individual good bacteria Mm -hmm. that we have, the beneficial bacteria. So I love getting into what do each of those bacteria do and what are they responsible for? Well, they're responsible for absorbing vitamins and minerals and (laughs) hormones. And I'm like, oh my goodness, okay. And that mucosal lining on your intestinal wall, mine, 
was damaged. Mine was was weak. And that's when, you know, food particles did get out to the rest of my body mm-hmm. and I developed food sensitivities like gluten. That was a part of my process of figuring that out and then tightening up the mucosal lining and exploring like what are my beneficial bacteria and what are my opportunistic bacteria so Mm. what are the bad bacteria in your biome doing that those can easily be overgrown and it doesn't have to necessarily just be small intestinal bacteria overgrowth SIBO that a lot of individuals are getting diagnosed with it could be many different imbalances so getting to those root causes do you have a deficiency in good bacteria? Do you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria? Mm-hmm. If your pancreas isn't producing enough enzymes, then that food isn't being broken down well enough, and it might be getting to your large intestines and then starting to ferment. Right, right. <laughs> and that's cause, that would be more likely going to lead to an overgrowth a of lot bacteria. Of gas. A, a lot, lot of gas. A lot of gas, yeah. <laughs> Flatulence is important. Um, <laughs> however, that being said, fermenting <laughs> isn't great for it happening in your large intestines, but fermented foods can actually really help get the probiotics up. Sort of like your sauerkraut and kefir. Kimchi, and kefir, kimchi. Yeah. yep, all of okay. those. I love fermenting <laughs> foods and yeah. like getting fermented foods into our diets earlier in our discussions, we brought up lectins. Lectins are proteins and plants that they're finding are not our friends. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're in there to keep animals from eating them. And a lot of foods that we consider health foods are actually not good for us. I found that fascinating. And when I stopped eating foods with a lot of lectins, my arthritis started to clear up, my osteoarthritis. What were some of the main foods that... The nightshades, and that was really tough on an Italian girl. (laughs) I've got to tell you what. Avoid eating, like, you know, eat more plant-based, less meat, use meat as a condiment, blah, blah, blah. You tend to eat beans. No beans, no peas, no chickpeas. Okay? It's like, what? Aren't those health foods? And they can be in different ways, but we do (laughs) want to make sure that they're working for our own nutrition practice root vegetables are really important because they have butyrate in them and butyrate is a really good food for the good bacteria in our guts. Mm -hmm. So if we even just focus on what are some of the root vegetables, can we expand on our root vegetables and having root vegetables maybe even once a day, you can really get your butyrate. um, Yeah, beets and carrots and turnips. All those beautiful ones. One time on Talking Back, I couldn't find a guest, and I really wanted to produce a program. So I did one myself, and it was called Getting to Your Roots, and it was all about carrots, beets, and turnips. Honestly, goodness, folks, look it up. It's on the podcast archives. There it is. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Nicole, this has been a very fascinating and eye-opening uh, discussion from the wisdom that I have gained from what you've gained in exploring outside-the-box nutrition I'm just thrilled to be able to have you present this information to our listening audience. And I'm sure a lot of them are thrilled. How can someone get a hold of you or find you? And what services do you offer to work with folks? Sure, we do specialize in nutrition therapy. So individuals can work one-on-one 
with myself or Diana Carpentrieri as well. So we have two dietitians at the Delicious Living Nutrition Practice. I do love working with individuals for a three-month period. So yeah, they'll put together time. different packages for yeah. that, and we can figure out, you know, what what would work best for us working together. You can catch me in the community doing different programs. You can catch one of my art installations. The website's deliciouslivingnutrition.com. I'm very active on Instagram. The Instagram is delicious living. You can find videos there. Deliciouslivingnutrition.com. Okay, great place to find you. Well, I'm glad I found you. And I'm so glad that I've had the opportunity to interview you today for the benefit of our community here on Cape Cod. Thank you for tuning in to Talking Back. Talking Back is heard on WOMR Radio at 92.1 FM at this time each week. If you have news or comments to share, or you would like to be a guest on Talking Back, Write, call, or email this station, care of Dr. Paula Sperry, WOMR FM Radio, Post Office Box 975, Provincetown, Massachusetts, 02657. Or you can give us a call. We're at 508-487-2619 or 1-800-921-9667. We're also at www.womr. Dot org online. Tune in next week, and until we meet again, please remember to love your body. <laughs>